superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Last one for you, Joe Mixon. Did the league fine you for flipping a coin on the field? This is the Rich Eisen Show. They did. Um, okay. How much was the fine, if you don't mind me asking? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. 13 racks, it sound like. 13 racks. I probably had the most shiniest quarter you can pull out. <laughs> Today's guests, ESPN NFL analyst Louis Riddick, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard, Los Angeles Dodgers radio announcer Charlie Steiner. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here in Los Angeles, California. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on this program. We are live on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices. It is free on all select uh, on all uh, Amazon Fire TV, select Samsung Smart TVs. We are live on the Roku channel, which you can watch us through the app. The Roku app has the Roku channel on it. The Roku channel.com is another way for you to, to watch us. And uh, this is, you know, we're, we're thrilled to be on terrestrial radio. We're thrilled to be on Sirius XM and Odyssey. It's just if you listen to that, you can't see how terrific my mauve sweater looks right now to kick off this Thursday show. And then there's mauve is essentially the way I almost came on the air, but uh, I decided to let you know um, how you can see us first. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. We're thrilled uh, to have uh, a bunch of guests on today to make you smarter, maybe make you laugh, and spend the next three hours with. We've got our friend from uh, the Worldwide Leader in Sports, Lewis Riddick, is going to join us on this program uh, to break down the upcoming weekend of championship games. We also have on this program Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. He will join us before taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And when we uh, say hello to him, that means we'll have had somebody from each team taking part in this weekend's championship games. We already had earlier this week uh, Juju Smith-Schuster from the Chiefs and Joe Mixon from the Bengals, and we had Fred Warner from the Niners, and today we're going to have Dallas Goddard from Philadelphia. We're just checking boxes. Uh, Charlie Steiner is going to join us in studio hour number three. Uh, Charlie uh, texted me the other day uh, because I tweeted out a an the happy 30th anniversary to Charlie not being able to make it through a segment on SportsCenter because he was reacting to Carl Lewis's national anthem. Uh, that happened 30 years ago this past weekend. And he texts me. I'm like, how would you like to come in on Thursday and just, uh, you know, stroll down memory lane, talk of, talk not just obviously Dodgers baseball, but uh, as we know, we have football in the brain. Charlie's called uh, hundreds of NFL games as well. So the great Charlie Steiner will uh, come and get his whooping, to use the phrase from his uh, Y2K commercial, uh, in studio hour number three here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. And there's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Rich, I follow you to freedom, my friend. Yes, follow me to freedom. That was that other Y2K commercial. (laughs) I sat there opening cans of peaches, playing solitaire by... uh, uh, a light that was being generated by, by it was like a, a it was a generator because the lights went out. Um, I, I was playing with John Randall. 
in an office that wasn't really mine because I was only given a cubicle. Mike, actually um, John Randall. There. Mike, he was actually playing. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't know that, that story about me. <laughs> Inside joke. I oh, went okay. up to somebody thinking they <laughs> were John Randall one time, and Brockman is like, that's not John Randall. About literally a half an hour later. Oh, great. I'm so, John Randall. I'm so glad that you made so, an inside yes. joke to give Mike Del Tufo the opportunity to try and make it not inside and then uh, keeping it still outside. Yeah, I mean, uh, great way to start the show. <laughs> Good morning, Rich. Good to see you back. I am back. TJ Jefferson, the candle's already lit. Good to see you over there, sir. Candle's lit. Brockman stole my line. I got nothing to say, but good morning, Beautiful. Everyone. Great. Good to see you. It's, 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 it's fine. Sometimes it's okay to yeah. say good morning and start the show. Well, I mean, for me, not it's really. Okay. But, good. Well, know. good to see you, nonetheless. Um, so... The, uh, the hiring has begun in the NFL. We've been waiting. Waiting. I mean, OC jobs are open. DC jobs are open. HC jobs are open. GM jobs are the only ones that have been filled. But the New York Jets fired the first shot today to hire as an offensive coordinator. The man who will come to New York and either fact, uh, fix Zach Wilson or not. Mm. And we assume that's the person who he will be coordinating the offense for until we know otherwise. Unless they acquire somebody big, some big name, some veteran guy that the owner Woody Johnson said he's willing to spend on. That person is yet to be identified. But right now, Zach Wilson is still the quarterback of the New York Jets one would think they're taking into next season as the starter much to the dismay of much of the fan base but hey he's only going to be in year three still time to fix him who's the guy that they are putting this very important task into his steady hands it is the man who just went one and done as the HC of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, and you could already hear the howls <laughs> from the metropolitan area. This guy. This guy? How many other ways can you say it? This guy. I mean, there's many ways to say it. But all I'm saying is this. Despite the unmitigated disaster we just saw unfold, the fact that the Broncos acquire one of the best quarterbacks we've seen last decade into this one in the NFL. Russell Wilson up there. And what he was not this year was up anywhere. Under this man's care and tutelage. And all I'm saying, based on all of that, I kind of like to hire. Oh. How about that for a little turn? I like it. I kind of like it. Yeah, sure. Why not? I know. <laughs> Good one, Mike. I got it, Mike. I hear you. That might be my attitude, but I I think part of the problem up in Denver for Nathaniel Hackett was he wasn't ready to handle all the things that came with that job. Ownership change, quarterback coming in, finally wanting to cook, and he has an idea how to cook. And uh, that's the issue I have with the hire, if there's anyone, is that it's his job to make sure Russ cooked the way he wanted to. Period. End of story. And that didn't work. 
And the things that also didn't work that were head scratching was the idea of let's have uh, Brandon McManus kick it from 90 yards away to try and win the game that Russ really wanted to win more than any other one. The first one we had and the one he was back in Seattle. I mean, that's not going to be part of his job. The defensive players having problems maybe with the way things are going. That's not part of his job. That's Robert Sala's job. That's Robert Sala's job. And Robert Sala knows that his job status in New York, I would proffer to say, is predicated on the success of Zach Wilson if that's the way they're going to go. Now, you sit there and say, well, successful years was with Aaron Rodgers. Uh huh. But before that, though, 2017, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, as we all know, was one Stephon Gilmore batted pass away from making the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. So I would sign for Zach Wilson having one possession in New England to win the AFC championship game. Mm hmm. And I know the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars ran their offense with a run game and a quarterback that could move around in the pocket, beat you up with Leonard Fournette, beat you up with some physical wide receivers and a quarterback who could run it. Okay. Brees Hall comes back, check. Garrett Wilson and the rest of the receiver court, check. Defense, check. Okay. Do what you did in Jacksonville. That's all I want. And he's very positive. He's very sunny. The question is, is the rest of the locker room there going, this guy? Are they Are they the ones going, this guy? This guy? Mm-hmm. Offensive players we just went through last year, but so we're getting this guy to make it work with Russell Wilson when he had a shot to be an HC in the league? Well, so that's going to be part of Nathaniel Hackett's job is selling the locker room. And again, that's Robert Sala's job too. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Defensive lineman barking at Zach Wilson. That's Robert Sala's job. Making the uh, decision to kick instead of go for it. That's Robert Sala's job. So I kind of like the hire. I kind of like the hire. And let's see where we go. Now then, I know what's coming. Yeah, let's get to it. So Nathaniel Hackett goes to Denver, and the first thought was, well, Aaron Rodgers is coming because Aaron Rodgers loves the guy, and he was the offensive coordinator for this guy. Two MVPs. When, you know, when LaFleur came by. LaFleur. And they win 13 games every single season until this year. Well, when Nathaniel Hackett wasn't there and, you know, a lot of young kids were there and Aaron Rodgers, you know, was grinding gears and his gears weren't, as well-oiled a machine as they were in the last two seasons when he was back-to-back MVPs. And as we all heard, he feels he can play at that level again. So if Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay, could he pull – I mean, he's, he's pretty much followed, and I know this would probably drive him nuts, in the footsteps of Brett Favre his entire career where he now plays the role of Favre and Jordan Jordan Love plays the role of him waiting, waiting, and waiting. So weird. And that he's now 
spending time for a second straight year? Am I gone? Am I not gone? Am I staying? Am I not staying? Again, I will tell everybody, having sat through a half dozen Favre watches, this doesn't even come close to Favre. Mm. Not even remotely close. I mean, Rodgers would have to drag this thing out, say he's gone. Then after they move to Jordan Love, he then says, I want to come back. (laughs) Can you imagine? Because that's what Favre well, did. I can't yeah, imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah, we lived there. But I no, no, I mean, can you imagine if Rodgers in this day and age does it now? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is in 2039, we're going to be going through the same thing with Jordan Love. Right? Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Would I want, as a Jet fan, Aaron Rodgers to, to come and play for the New York Jets? A million percent. Because... Take a look at Brady's years, ages 39 to 41. You could make the case that those were his best years as a Patriot. The age means nothing to me. It truly means nothing to me. Ain't nothing but a number. Means nothing to me. He seems to be taking care of his body. He's mindful. He's drinking tea. Whatever the hell's in the tea. We don't know what's in the tea. I think we do know what's in the tea. Whatever work, it's working for him. (laughs) It's working for it's getting him. getting his mind right, Rich. It's working for him. And if he looks at New York City and goes, you know, I'd like to trade. Uh, I'll take that on. You know what? They have Garrett Wilson. You know, I saw that kid, Brees Hall. Like, uh, there's some weapons there. I like Sala. Love Hackett. I know what offense we'd run right away. I, I, there's very few orders of business we have to get through in order for me to get comfortable with the offense, obviously. There's new this, there's new that, there's new everything. The thing that would be new is New York. And and I the one thing I just don't know is if Rodgers, I mean, I think he, he gets it, he understands it. I just don't know if Rodgers fully, completely, 1,000% grasps that whatever happened in Green Bay will not matter in New York. You know, that throw that he missed over the middle he didn't ha- see one of his receivers I forget was it Lazard in the playoff game two years ago Lazard, right yeah. in the snow against San Francisco missed that the throw was open everyone on Twitter all the all 22 guys like Lewis Riddick and all the who's coming up shortly talking about that throw was open and in Green Bay you know you'll see some people on Twitter saying you know Rogers isn't perfect but everybody in Green Bay shrugs. Uh, Rogers is our guy, and he'll do the, the I love you thing going off the field. This this thing won't work in New York <laughs> if he comes to New York and misses throws and New England still has its way with the Jets and Belichick still has its way. He'll have to reconfigure those fingers in New York. I just don't know. Well, the fingers will be reconfigured in his direction, <laughs> TJ. And... I don't know why he'd want to take that on, to be very honest with you. And plus, some of what he's saying on McAfee's show that doesn't get any run in the local media, as far as I'm concerned, any run in the local media from people that hear it and don't ascribe to the same echo chamber that it appears Rogers lives in. Hmm. Um I think that that would light up 24-7 stations and would, new you know, radio stations. There's multiple talk shows. There's, you know, 
I, I mean, I don't know how many local media he talks to on a, on a weekly basis on his locker. There's definitely a, a, a large national following for the Packers. Understood. National media is always around. I don't know if Rodgers would want a piece of that. Now, he could play lights out and be comfortable and make his money and win a championship, and he would be also on the positive side of things. The toast of New York. I mean, the king. Would that of be New worth York. it, though? Don't the you king think? of New York sport. It would be. I totally you hear you. Super Bowl with the Jets, Rich. I want to be positive about it too, but I just don't see him wanting to take on a new spot, a new challenge in New York, where a lot of things in Green Bay are either overlooked or shrugged off or not chewed up and spat out. In the way that he's taking it in, obviously, the way that he feels the media treats him or doesn't treat him properly or has an axe to grind or there's some theory that he believes ascribes to certain companies that own spots on radio shows and television shows and thus people who talk on those shows are not giving him his fair due because there's an, a, a business cabal or something i mean i mean if he says this stuff in new york city i don't know how it would play it would certainly play differently than it currently does in green bay uh so i i'm football wise would i love him to co- would be my quarterback for the jets <laughs> yeah <laughs> and hacker is sign? the guy that he's comfortable with yeah where do i sign and he wants to play Alongside the defense that was in his face? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know what it would cost. It would cost a lot. I just don't know if he'd want to take that on and leave his world where he is Aaron Rodgers and everything that he has done definitely sets up a cushion. In New York, that would be the floor. There's no cushion. That's the floor. All that stuff that you did... That's the floor. And it didn't work out for Favre, who was doing all sorts of stupid garbage anyway, that I imagine Rodgers would never even dream of doing or would do. But let's go if he wants to do it. But understand, you know, um, it's a different world. I I think he understands it. I mean, he seems to be very savvy when it comes to that stuff. But he also seems to have a lot of ideas about the media world that if he ascribes it to New York media and espouses it, um, I, I don't, I don't know how that would play, but I guess I'd love to see him play for the jets. If Nathaniel Hackett's coordinating for him and he's comfortable, let's go see that all play out. Lewis Riddick's first up. He's going to join us here on the worldwide leader from the worldwide leader in sports right here on the rich Eisen show. How does he see the championship games? Breaking down Dallas Goddard, Charlie Steiner in studio hour three and you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Back with Lewis Riddick in a moment.
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles will be joining us shortly. Uh, And then in hour number three, Charlie Steiner will be here in studio. I cannot wait to stroll down uh, Sports Center memory lane with him. And then there's you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial right here on this busy Thursday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Back here with our terrestrial radio network and Sirius XM and Odyssey rejoining. I'm sitting here from the Rich Eisen Show desk Furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. All right, I'm a little late for this guy because it's going on and on about how Aaron Rodgers would fit in New York City now that Nathaniel Hackett's there as the OC. But we're focused on Championship Sunday and one of our favorites, Lewis Riddick from ESPN, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Lewis? Good, Rich. How are you, man? I am great. The matchup. Give me the XO matchup. Championship Sunday that you are looking forward to seeing the most that might actually affect the W and L more than anything else. What do you think? What do you got for me on that one, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, man. There, there's there's two of them, all right? One for each game that, that really you. intrigued me. Okay, so let, let's just start with Philly and San Fran. Look, for this for this game, I mean, this is class of the Titans, right? We already know up front that it's, it's going to just be a battle royal. I mean, both of these offensive lines and defensive lines are just studs everywhere, just men. Just grown men. But here, here, here's the kicker. As, as good as San Francisco is defensively, and I love D'Amico Ryan you know, as much as anybody, as much as anybody, it's the secondary that's the issue for this team. It's the secondary as far as giving up explosive plays outside the numbers, 15-plus air yards, you know, the big shots down the field. And Jalen does it better than anyone. Jalen Hurts throws a football. You remember Jeff Blake when Jeff Blake used to play for Cincinnati? I played against him when I was with the Browns, the quarterback. He's a throw a real high-arcing moon ball. That, I mean, you just like would lose it in the lights, man, and Carl Pickens and Darnay Scott and them were coming down with just big play after big play. That's how, that's how Jalen Hurts is with A.J. Brown. That's how he is with Devontae Smith. And I, that worries me. That worries me for San Francisco, especially if they can't pass for us, if they can't get to Jalen against this offensive line. So that's, that's X factor number one in that game. For Kansas City and Cincy, I'm going to boil it down to one guy, and I know Patrick, you know, look, obviously Patrick's health's an issue as far as how long he can, he can play in this game and whether or not you know, he can sustain some semblance of mobility. This is about Chris Jones, man. This is about Chris Jones going up against an offensive line that has lost three-fifths of its starting unit. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going up against a backup right tackle and Max, I mean right guard at Max Sharping. That, look, Chris Jones has to wreck this game. Because if he doesn't, they will lose. If he is not 
terrorizing, and I mean terrorizing Joe Burrow, the way Patrick was terrorized in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago by Tampa, mm-hmm. they'll lose this game. Simple as that. So I love I I I love that um, the way that you just phrased it because that 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 is rare to just say I can boil it down to just this scenario right in the middle of the line that yeah. and uh, but I'm with you I'm with you because but and and here's the thing Jones can do that this oh, is possible he, this is more than possible this is gonna this could potentially really happen yeah Lewis. he's um look. Chris is one of those dudes who, you know, at, what is he, 6'6", six, six, about 315, 320. When you see him, you see him up close. I mean, he, he doesn't look that big. He doesn't look like he's that stout. But he's got those long, long, long arms and has so much power, and he's so fast with his hands. Nobody – we, we did that game week 18 out there in, in Vegas against the Raiders. And I'll tell you what, Alex Bars, who was playing right, right guard for the Raiders, by the end of that game, he was like, you know what, I quit. If I have to play against this guy anymore, I quit. Because Chris had him on skates the whole day, just throwing him around like he was throwing around, you know, a high school player. He has to do that in this game. And he hasn't had a lot of success really against Cincinnati as far as wrestling. Or rather, I, I guess I should say in the playoffs overall as far as affecting games to the degree that he can. If he doesn't, and Joe has time like he did against Buffalo. Now, I know – you know, Buffalo, you're playing on a slick surface. Defensive lines don't really have great footing. Joe's getting the ball out quick. They're running downhill and they're running. I know there's a lot of excuses for Buffalo, although that's another story about their D-line. But this game, it's going to be cold, but the, but the surface will be fast. And him, Derek Nottie, Frank Clark, these guys all have to absolutely, Mike Dana, they have to go off in this game. Because not only can Joe throw it, obviously. I mean, you see how Samaje P. Ryan's running the football. You see how Joe Mixon's running the football. Right. These guys are not messing around, man. And so, I mean, Chris, Chris has to have that game that people go, it's him and Aaron 1-1A one one at defensive tackle in the league. That's it. He has to have that game. Lewis Riddick of ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show. So what would you boil it down to if you could just in, in – I know you mentioned the secondary – but Bosa yeah. and Lane Johnson, I mean, would you say just how Lane is holding up? Because wouldn't you want to see if you're, if you're D'Amico Ryan's like, okay, um, you know, the Giants didn't really test Lane Johnson's groin. We, we shall. Yeah. We, 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 and yeah. We, we shall do that. And we shall do that early and often. And we've got the, you know, we have the candidate to do it, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, no question. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, the, the issue becomes, okay, so – you have to get them to third down in the first place, which means <laughs> love that. you have to take care of right. You have to get you have to take care of first and second. Where you know, as long as I, I guess it becomes like, how much do they want to expose Jalen Hurts in the run game? How much do they want to have him getting contacted? If he's feeling pretty good, and that means that the zone read game really is uh, at his you know at his disposal, and he's willing to tuck it and run it, then. San Fran's got, look, they, they've got an all-day sucker going on there then, okay? Then you have a tough time getting the third down because of how, how strong and formidable, formidable he is in the run game. So now it, it's up to everybody up front. Like, it's up to, it's up to Eric Armstead, Ken Law, you know, Samson Evacam. All those guys have to play their part. Fred, um, Greg Greenlaw, they, they got to come downhill and stamp out that run first because if they don't, 
then it's not going to really matter on third down. Then Nick can't really do his thing. So that that's I mean you're you're on it when you say look it, it really is about the lines, but it's really about the line of scrimmage first and second down first and foremost. The same way it'll be for Philly, it'll be the same thing. They have to they have to snuff out San Fran's running game because if you don't. And then they start getting that inside breaking play action passing game over the middle where, you know, IU just kills you. Kittle kills you. Debo kills you. Then it's not, it's not going to really, you, it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to rush the pass here if you can't handle first and second down. Well, I mean, if you do get San Francisco to third down, um, if the Eagles win first and second down on the defensive side of the ball as well, then you right. can, then you can, you can see whether Brock Purdy's got it or not, despite of Absolutely. despite whatever he has proven he has, and I think he does yep. have it, you know, uh-huh. uh, his two road games were in Seattle on a short week, which is no, you know, uh, walk in the park, of course. But then there's Vegas yep. um, when they probably had half the building filled with Niner fans. This is a whole different ball of wax and different crucible. So what did you see last week, Lewis Riddick, out of Purdy, was it the inevitable hiccup, or or was it maybe he's closer to strike in midnight here? Uh, what do you got no, for me? You know, you know what I, I think. Look for for Brock when you when you go up against a team like Dallas that can that can rush you and make you a little bit uneasy in the pocket. I mean, it's not going to always be perfect, right? He was able to. You know, there was a few times he broke out. You know, broke outside the pocket on you know off schedule plays where he's thinking, you know, maybe I can get here to the perimeter, get to the edge pick up six yards, tuck out of bounds, and you know, live to fight another day. And Micah Parsons is like, uh-uh. No, you know, no, you, you can't outrun me. So it, it's, a, it's a whole different class of beast that he's dealing with now. And it's going to be the same in Philly. It's not going to be perfect. Hassan Reddick can roll. Josh Sweat can roll. Brandon Graham, these guys, this is the best pass rushing team in the NFL as far as pass rush win rate. I mean, as a team, they're as good as Dallas, if not better than Dallas. They can roll seven guys through there. So you know he's going to have some issue. At some point in time, he's going to have some issue with it not looking great. What he can't do, Rich, is, as we all know, is he can't turn it over. He can't give it to Jalen and Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown and that offensive line on a short field. You can't do that. You have to tuck it, eat it, whatever. Punting is your friend in this game for him. And I, and I think he, he's already shown that he's, you know, he's smart enough to do that. And Kyle, you know how he is, man. He will take it straight out of his hands and say, look, you won't throw this damn thing at all then if you're going to do that. And we'll run the ball 45 times. Because if there is an Achilles heel for Philly's defense, it can be a power running game. It can be a team that will come downhill on you, and nobody, nobody smacks you in the mouth with the kind of attitude that San Francisco does. It, it, this, is, this is my kind of game, right? This is 1988, 89, 90, 91 football for me. This is Leonard That's Marshall blowing up Joe Montana? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you got for me on this one? Yeah, you, you know what? Well, see, unfortunately, yeah. it's the Cleveland Browns, January 1, 1995, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in the divisional round, where I saw John L. Williams, Bam Mars, and Barry Foster – unfortunately coming at me for an entire game and all three of them went over a hundred yards all th- and i had about 13 tackles at the half so the, that's what this re- that's how that could become damn so you wait a minute so you closed out the browns in cleveland for belichick is that what you're saying yeah lewis yeah yeah that was my that was my last year in cleveland and they moved but yeah, yeah 
This um, closed up shop. It, it was the night. It was the '94 season. Yep. That was the '95 playoffs, mm-hmm. and then the '95 season is when they announced the uh, announced the move. Damn, Lewis Riddick yeah, here. A long on, time ago, dude. Yeah, I hear you, Lewis Riddick here <laughs> on, on on the Rich Eisen show. I love it. Um, okay, so um, Bills and Cowboys; those are the two teams I would say that had the the highest expectations of the mm-hmm. those who who lost on divisional playoff weekend. Uh, what would be your advice for either one of those teams, um, or for both of those yeah. teams hitting the off season? And based on what we just saw and their viability to to get back and 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 get to where they want to go, where they're everybody's expecting yeah. to get there. What do you got for me on that? Yeah, Lewis? yeah. We'll we'll start with the one that just lost, you know lost most recently, being Dallas. Dallas needs more weapons for Dak. Period. They need them. They need another. They need more speed. You know, we don't know how Tony Pollard's going to come back. You know, what that what that leg's going to be like. Zeke is done. All they got is CD. They got to get more juice. They need more juice in the backfield. Somebody who's healthy, who's got speed. They need more juice on the outside to go with CD. That's simple as that. I think the offensive line's a work in progress. They're going to be okay there. Dak has to do a deep dive on what the hell happened with me this year, as far as what, how I was seeing the field, my timing with the wide receivers. Why was I making the decisions I was making? Why was I putting the ball in harm's way? He's got to do a deep dive with himself, with Mike McCarthy. He needs to get with all the coaches and just be like, you know, let's figure this out. Defensively, so you need another corner to match up with to go with Trayvon. Continue to get more speed, you know, get some more playmakers on on the defense line at linebacker. Just fortify the rest of the defense. They, and they'll be okay. They, I think I think they'll be all right. But they got to make sure Dak's got to make sure he's got his process right, man. He and he needs more help. Buffalo hmm. on the offensive side of the ball, man. But Buffalo wants. They have to be able to control the line of scrimmage and control the game running the football. No doubt. Especially, you know, playing outside up there with somebody other than Josh Allen. Exactly. That's the, the, and, and not okay. to just jump in, you know, uh, not to just jump in, no, although I am right. doing that. It's just that, but, but you know, all, all their numbers of, well, their red zone rushes are, are, are top of the league and their running game mm-hmm. is top of the league, but... That, that's because the quarterback is their best right. running back. And if right. you want to have Allen feel that he doesn't have to do too much and you mm-hmm. want him to do less and have that as his mindset, then give him somebody you can hand the ball to 20, 25 times. Try and win a game with Josh Allen where he throws it 20 to 25 times and see how no that question. works. Don't you think? No like, question. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked to them earlier in the year. Uh, we were up there for their week two game against Tennessee. Right. And I know that philosophically, that's who Sean wants to be, McDermott. Right. He said it. I mean, he, he said as much. Look, I, I, I want like they they have been retooling their offensive line the past three years, trying to find five guys who would come off the ball and really play dominant football. And earlier in the year, I mean, it was in the preseason. They they played out in L.A. They played the Rams. That preseason, or like, I can't remember it was so long ago, but I remember how they were they were running the football in that game. And I asked Sean about that. And he goes, he said, Lewis, that's who I want to be. I want to be able to do that when we want to do that. But as the season went along, they just kind of reverted to being, well, it's Josh and it's and it's um, and it's Stefan and it's Gabe Davis, and that's what that's just what we do. You know, we just we just throw it all over the yard, and that isn't what they wanted to be philosophically in the beginning of the year. And they have to they have to get that component defensively. 
Brandon Bean sat there at the table in the conference room and told us the number one thing last year when we finished the year and we were um, coming back from Kansas City, he, we said, we have to get a closer who can put number 15 from the Chiefs on the ground because mm. we don't have it. And when they lost Vaughn, mm. it all, from that point on, the pass rush disappeared. It disappeared. They, they didn't have a guy. I, I, I looked this up. They didn't have a guy over the past five weeks of this season who ranked in the top 40 of individual players in terms of pass rush win rate. They didn't have a guy in the top 40. Greg Rousseau was like 43rd amongst all pass rushers. You're, there's just no way, man. There's no way you're going to beat Joe Burrow like that. There's no way you're going to deal with Patrick like that. You're just not. And that's what they have to figure out. They got to get some people. They got to get some people, whether it's inside or outside guys, they got to get some people and continue to find more playmakers in the secondary, which is where they were beat up this year. They were just beat up there. So that's, that's really what it is. Establish the run game, be more physical on offense and not rely on Josh so much on defense. You've got to get some horses, man. You got to be like Philly. You got to be like Sam Pran. You got to have a guy like Chris Jones. You got to have a guy like Trey Hendrickson, who may be one of the best pass rushers in this playoff, who nobody talks about. Hmm. No, Trey Hendrickson absolutely terrorized Orlando Brown last year in the playoffs. Again, when Kansas, when uh, Cincinnati went to Kansas City and beat him, he terrorized Orlando. Couldn't block him. Watch that on Sunday too. So before I let you go, your best guess who we're seeing in Arizona in a couple of Sundays. Yeah, you know, come on, you know, what do you think? If, if, if Patrick can play this whole game, I think Kansas City will pull it out simply because I do think Chris Jones on a fast surface that where the weather isn't an issue, I do think he will make enough plays against Joe. And they're they're pissed off enough now to the point where they're tired of hearing it, you know, about how Cincinnati Burrowhead and all. Burrowhead, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I heard that one. That was pretty good. Yeah, I heard that one. Right. I think I think they win that, and I do think. Although I picked the Kansas City San Francisco Super Bowl beginning beginning of the year, I think that Philly Philly's just so deep defensively, and the big play component worries me a little bit for San Fran's corners. That I think Philly wins this game. So your best guess is Philadelphia and Kansas City, but it wouldn't be surprising yeah. if it's if it's the third time we see the Bengals and the Niners play each other in the Super Bowl and fourth might have, was so close to being last year. It's unbelievable yeah. how those two franchises keep circling each other for the big game. Uh, Lewis, thanks for the time. Truly always appreciate Love talking ball with you. Greatly appreciate you got it. it. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Rich. You got it. That's Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick. Always makes me smarter. Always makes me smarter. Chris Jones can wreck the game. <laughs> yeah, he can. Yeah. Rich, Chiefs minus one now. So stupid. You know why? <laughs> you know why? They watched our ankle coverage yesterday. Yeah. They heard the, the snap the crackle way, and pop. And I, I, I will say this fully believing it. Best ankle coverage in the business right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Absolutely. Well, honestly. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to find We were all over, ankle. We were all over his ankle yesterday. We've all rolled our ankles at oh, one point or another. Oh, well, I mean, uh, we have our own personal experience with ankles. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So Look at that right there. What more do you need to see other than this still photograph from the other day?
Nice Adidas pop, Mike. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He spatted. He spatted the one. Look at that's, that. The that, line moved the again. What, what, what do you mean? It's even. So it was. It was Chiefs, then Bengals, and Chiefs, and then and they saw him moving around. They saw him moving around. Oh, they saw him moving around yesterday. Man, if I could have got Chiefs plus two. Is oh, there a special ankle person in Vegas? No doubt. That they're, it's the, you know, the sports books are like, if it's an ankle, we go to that one. If it's a knee, we go to that one. Maybe. If it's a shoulder, we go to that one. How do I get to be that guy? <laughs> Dr. Irwin Hart. Yeah, all I know is that you sh- people don't want you as that guy. No. I still think Bengals. But okay. Fine. Very good. I don't know. How'd you do last week? Did two, you split them? Because you took, well, you took, took all, all the, you took took all all the dog. underdogs. I took all the dogs last week. Two and two. So who, who didn't cover? Oh, the, ja- the Jaguars. I mean, the, the that Giants. was the last second, right? Well, the Jags snuck in the back door. Right. Always leave that back door open. Right. Uh, Giants got routed. 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 And, and the Cowboys, Cowboys didn't cover either. Cowboys didn't cover. Is that because uh, Maher got that one blocked? Or that wouldn't have mattered? Wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Thank you. The Cowboys really were the favorites in that game. No, they were oh. not. They were the oh, okay. underdogs no, no, in that game. Dogs, the Niners were that much favorites, and they 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 surpassed how favorited they were. Okay, did I get that correct? Late field goal. Because yeah. I definitely didn't even look at the line at that game. So now it's Chiefs minus one. Mm. Oh baby! Again, because they saw our ankle coverage and we saw that he's okay. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dallas Goddard still to come. When we come back, uh, a close call this was for something that I don't want to see the NFL do. And um, I'll describe why and what I'm talking about. I would stay tuned if I were you. That's next. <laughs> NetSuite wants you to know your numbers, folks, because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, and you need to know your numbers in these uncertain economic times for sure. If you don't have proper visibility on the numbers for your business, that means you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, and NetSuite by Oracle has the fix because NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. You have full visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 32,000 businesses already use NetSuite. Be one of them. For the new year, NetSuite is a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. We all know uh, Joe Burrow, what he had to say after the um, AFC Championship game win. The, uh, the famous line that he had to say after that uh, game when, uh, when uh, he was asked by Tracy Wolfson about what we said could potentially be bulletin board material. Hey, uh, Chiefs and Bills, if that game happens, yeah, that game's taking place in Atlanta. You better send those refunds. 50,000 tickets, the <laughs> league let everyone know, was sold in 24 hours, and they were going to create Bills on one side, Bills fans on one side, and... Chiefs fans on another, like a college football game, like the national championship game I saw in SoFi. I don't know how they split them up. I mean, there were dots of red, Georgia red in the TCU purple section. And I'm sure where you were sitting in the Georgia section, there you saw a, dots of purple, yeah, right? A couple of TCU but, fans. And, um, and the Bengals said, uh, uh, refund. <laughs> Not send those refunds. There it is. Nah, baby. And, um, and all I'm saying is I- I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen. 
because you're hearing from people like Breer, who was on the show yeah. the other day, and other reporters, that there are some in the league ownership or some in the league office that like the idea of a neutral site conference championship game weekend where they would bid it out like the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm serious. They would bid it out like the oh, Super Bowl and use these sites as potential Super Bowl city stalking horses. And also, you know, the league already controls. Do you know they control the championship games? They, they, they take the whole process away from the teams. The teams yep. just host it, but the league runs it. And so they already run it. They just don't run the whole thing by having a, another city hosted. It's still hosted by the team that has the best record between the final two combatants or whichever team might have a tiebreak over the other because they beat them in the regular season despite having the same record overall. So, you know, they're already halfway there, the league, in terms of they run the sites. They just don't control the location. The games control the location. The results control the location. And all I know is this. Watching these games at the site of the team that earned it and having the fans watch it in their home stadium is one of the best home fields the league can put on television. And also... Watching a team win it on their home field and celebrate making the Super Bowl is second to none. Now, the other team winning it in that building is also one of the great road wins any team can come up with Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And that's the stuff of legend as well. Why would the league want to remove that? And then on top of it, if they did that, what are you going to tell fans Hey, you know, we're, we're all about you, but you now need to hop a flight to Detroit, folks in Arizona. You need to now hop a flight to Atlanta, folks in Kansas City or Buffalo. Really? I don't think that's cool. And then one last thing. It would totally kneecap the bye week. So you're missing wildcard weekend. And you're getting a bye directly into divisional playoffs. So basically, you are, for the one seed, getting a bye into the second round of the playoffs, which is huge. But that's your only home game. That's it. Your final two are neutral sites. Which are, to be very honest with you, sometimes antiseptic audiences. Because there's a lot of corporate people who have no fight in the Bills or the Chiefs or whatever getting into that building. And then all of a sudden, why would you just cannibalize one of the best home field settings your league has in two spots on the same day? I don't get it. Because you know what's better than one Super Bowl, Rich? Three. Three. I know. It's money, and I understand it. I understand the way of the business, and and I appreciate having um, you know bosses who don't least and uh you know don't mind that i can come on a, a show like this and 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 say i i don't appreciate that business model at all because <laughs> i don't and i'm kind of glad that they didn't get a free run and look at it this week even though some are upset about that 
I, I just think it's going to be amazing in Kansas City. It's going to be amazing in Philadelphia. These sites have earned it. These fan bases have earned it with their season tickets and they're going to these games, many of them all year long. Hey, congratulations. Your team had the best record in the conference. Now go hop a flight to Indianapolis. Now you got to go hop a flight to San Antonio, which is in a regular NFL city, but hey, would love to host a Super Bowl. Let's see if they can handle an NFC championship game. Really? No, you want to have it in Philadelphia and let San Francisco go there. And because they didn't win the one seed, they should have to go into the belly of the beast and prove it. And if the the beast proves too much for the two seed, well, then you should have been the one seed. And then the one seed fans get to celebrate like a party. It's like a closing party for the season as you send them off to a understandably neutral site Super Bowl. That I get. But why would you want to get rid of conference championship weekends at home sites? I, I, I know it's money, and I know it's opportunity to make money, and I know that's what this is as a business as a, at its heart, but that would be a bummer. It would be a bummer, and I'm glad that we didn't see it this year. I hope we don't ever see it. Hour number two, Dallas Goddard coming up here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> 